Hello, this is Khalik with our Great and Glorious King Ministries podcast, The Truth About Everything. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Now, we all know someone or have a friend or family member that you rarely see or speak to until they need something from you. They only call when they're in the middle of a bad situation, need some type of favor or to borrow some cash. And this is the root of your relationship with them. I mean, as soon as you see that it's them calling, you already know what they want. It's not conversation. It's not to call and check on you to see how you're doing, but it's to have you fulfill a need of theirs. And after that need is fulfilled, they fade out in the darkness until the next time that they need something from you. They never truly get to know you. You're just a resource to them, a commodity, a service provider. That's all the relationship has ever been about. They never pursue anything more, so they will never truly get to know what type of person you are, what type of friend you can be, and what else you have to offer them. They're missing out on the richness and the depth of your friendship. But this is the same way that some of us treat God. Our relationship with him only goes to the level of need fulfiller. We don't pursue a strong relationship with God. We're not working to build something greater, nor are many of us interested in knowing God as more than just a genie in a bottle. And therefore, we miss out on the benefits of a powerful relationship with God. You know, growing up, my parents taught me the difference between friends and associates. Friends are those people that love you and that you love them. You have each other's back no matter what. An associate is simply someone that you know by name or by their function, like the class clown or the bus driver or the guy at work that wears the strong cologne. What I'm saying is that friends have more privileges than associates because of the depth of our relationship with them. So the question is, are you a friend of God or an associate? How deep do you take your relationship with him? The ministry of Jesus Christ was plenteous in teaching as well as miracles, but the majority of people came to him for the latter. Only looking to have a need fulfilled, only paying attention to him long enough to dip their empty cups in the spring of living water and running off to drink it up, returning only when they were in need of a refill. Matthew 4, 23 to 25 says, And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paraplegics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Now, think about that. Without modern technology, without the Internet, without a website, without text alerts, without social media, TV commercials or a marketing budget or guest speakers, Jesus was able to pull in crowds of Thousands of people without fail. 
He was casting out demons. He was teaching. He was raising the dead. He was restoring health to the sick and mending the crippled. Now, seeing these things, people began to talk about what they witnessed, what they heard and what they experienced. Nothing stopped them from getting to where Jesus was. I mean, some walked for days to see him. They made personal sacrifices, council plans, dropped everything because the peace for their pain, the solution to their problems, the healing for their sickness, the fulfillment of their need was present. Family spoke to neighbors, one man to another and one town to the next town and one group of people to the next and to crowds form and they came and followed him. Now, these were not organized crowds like we see at a parade with everyone standing, waving and and waiting for Jesus to, to look their way. No, think Black Friday crowd with hundreds of people pushing and fighting to get in the door for the free 70 inch TV or think a crowd. Think of a crowd of thousands in the middle of downtown where someone is dumping cash out of the window of an office building. It was an unorganized mass of commotion and noise, people running and begging and pleading, crying, screaming, falling, fighting all to get to the same thing, the attention of Christ. They came to have a need fulfilled, a need that they had tried to fulfill elsewhere, but failed. They came to fulfill a need that was beyond their power to satisfy, a need that they had given up hope on, that they realized money couldn't buy a solution to. It didn't matter who they knew or who they were, king, peasant, or servant. They did not have the answer to the problem they faced or peace for the pain and the hurt that they live with. But they heard about Jesus and what he had done for others. And they said, if he can do that for them, I know that he can help me with my need. And Luke 8, we're told about the woman with the issue of blood. Now, the Bible says she spent her livelihood on physicians. So she was broken out of options and out of hope. There was absolutely nothing else that she could do. She heard about Jesus and decided to follow him. But she was not interested in, in meeting him, not for his teaching, not for joining the ministry or even having a conversation with him. Like many today, she was searching him out to have her need fulfilled. So while Jesus was addressing the synagogue leader in regards to healing his daughter, she casually reached through the crowd to touch the hem of his garment in order to receive healing. She tried to sneak a touch in. Well, actually, she did sneak a touch in and tried to do it unnoticed. But Jesus realized that power had gone out from him and asked, who touched me? So many of us have come just like she came to Jesus with your arms stretched out far and your hands wide open, always for provision, but rarely for praise. You know, we are greedy hoarders of blessings. You know, bad preaching has gotten us accustomed to thinking that God owes us something or that he exists to make us happy and to serve us. So we go through so many things, jump through so many hoops to come to God, to have our needs fulfilled. And when God blesses us, what do we do? 
go right back to our lives until we need another need fulfilled, until another bill is due and we don't have the money, until another issue arises with our health and we get scared, until another circumstance occurs and we can't figure a way out of it. Very few ever assisting in the ministry and not a great many at all following Jesus for his teaching. But when coming to God, our attitudes must be more like beggars on the street with our head bowed low and our empty hands up in the air, humbly accepting whatever the master gives us. But more times we're like spoiled little toddlers, overfed and underdisciplined. Give me this and give me that. And we'll even have the nerve to have a fit when we don't get what we want, knowing that we don't do what God wants us to do. We are the type of people with God that we don't even want to be in a relationship with. Selfish and mainly concerned with our own interests. The miracles Jesus performed were his calling card. They were a testimony to who he was. They were like the sounding of a trumpet announcing that God exists among the people and the kingdom of heaven has come near. Nicodemus said in John 3, 2, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God was not with him. John 10, 37 and 38 reads, if I am not doing the works of my father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe in the works that you may know and understand that the father is in me and I am in the father. The miracles were not the basis of Jesus's ministry. The ministry of Christ is not based on granting us all that we ask for. It is about the opportunity to come into a deep and meaningful relationship with God. But too often we stop going after God after we've been handed our bag of goodies. We never explore the fullness of who God really is. To many, he's nothing more than a divine bubblegum machine issuing out sweets to anyone that gives him a little attention. Luke 17 tells us the story of the 10 lepers. When Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he came across 10 lepers. All 10 recognized him and were obviously in need as being lepers. So they asked Jesus for help. Jesus instructed them to go and show themselves to the priest. As they made their way to the priest, they were healed. Well, one of the 10, after realizing that he had indeed been healed, returned to Jesus and thanked him for what he had done. And Jesus asked him, where are the other nine? All 10 were healed, but only one returned. Not due to a need did the one leper return, but he returned to give praise to God. He came back to give thanks to God and Jesus blessed him with wholeness. Now, there's a big difference between being made clean to have an illness taken away from you and being made whole, which is being restored to health. It's the difference between being healed from a cold by having the cold germs removed from your body and having a healing so powerful that no germs at all exist in your body. No illness, no sickness, no disease whatsoever. That's being made whole. That's being restored to perfect health. Many of us today know God as a healer of sickness, but very few know God on a level to where God has made them whole, 
restored their bodies to perfect health. What God did for Abraham at 99 and Sarah at 90 was made them whole. He restored their health in order to not only be able to produce a child, but to carry it, but for Sarah to carry the child for nine months and for them to care for the child well into his adulthood. That is being made whole. We stop at hello with God and don't get to know him deeply, comfortable with a relationship on a name only basis. Many know God as a provider, but few know him as a sustainer that will pour out a blessing that you do not have room to receive to the point that all your needs are met. Opportunities are in abundance and nothing is a concern for you financially. And he doesn't need to make you rich to do this. He has the power to constantly bring the right people and situations into your life so that you are taken care of. While many of us are sitting around praying for money, like that's the answer to everything, pray for a clean heart. Ask for a clear mind and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit so that you could be guided to where God has your blessings. The Gospels tell us about a time when Jesus was preaching in Capernaum and the house Jesus was in was filled with people. Now, four men carrying a paraplegic tried to come through the crowds to reach Jesus, but they were unable to. The crowds were so thick. So determined and convinced were they that Jesus was the answer to their problems, the fulfillment to their need, that they removed the roof of the house in order to receive what they had come for. Now, where is that type of tenacity now? Or is it only that serious for us when we have a need and not so much when things are good? Where are we when God needs us? Who is digging deep for God? Who stands up for him? Who prays for people that are lost? Who has a word and a prayer for the one in darkness? The mothers on drugs, the fathers in prison, the kids in the streets. Can God trust you to do the right thing when the wrong thing is so easy to carry out? Can God depend on you to make the sacrifice of letting go of friends habits and situations that are not in line to what where he has called you to be. This wasn't the only home that Jesus filled. There were many more field homes, packed synagogues, crowded town squares and mountainsides. Jesus enlightened entire towns. Many were healed. No one was turned away that asked in faith. Yet there were no crowds knocking down his door for teaching. No crowds volunteering in the ministry. No crowds shouting and fighting and screaming his praises at his trial. No crowds running to speak up for him at Calvary. No, he died next to two thieves and was buried in a lonely tomb with only a handful of visitors. So what about you? Do you have a superficial relationship with God? Are you coming to God, seeing him only When you're needy, is your relationship with him on a name only basis, illustrating no degree of substance, no condition of soundness and no signs of maturity? The Bible says that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Stop being satisfied with only the bread. Desire the greater blessings. The words of God can only be heard and understood if you're close enough to receive them. 
In Luke 5, Peter was blessed by Jesus with nets full of fish after he had spent an entire day fishing and, and, and coming up with nothing. But Jesus asked him to leave all that behind and to follow him, to accept the greater blessings, to have a deeper relationship with him, to know him more than just the giver of blessings. Are you taking full advantage of your opportunity to be led by God's word, to answer his calling and to walk in the truth of your purpose, to be made new, to know him for more than a supplier of your needs? Or will you continue to be a seeker of bread only? Only coming to God to raid the storehouse and to run off with as much as you can carry. If you need prayer in this area, go to our website and send us an email, a prayer request. Our website is oggkministries.org. We would love to hear from you and hear what you have to say. Thank you and God bless.